Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we talk with actors, artists, and creators about their work, career, and current obsession. I'm your host, Patrick Holland, and today's guest is the entrepreneur, social media personality, Hilton Harris, author, actress, DJ, and the star of the early 2000s show, The Simple Life. It's Paris Hilton. She's also the subject of the new YouTube documentary, This is Paris. The film is a revealing look at the person behind the public persona. During our conversation, Paris discusses This is Paris and opens up about how participating in the film helped her deal with the abuse she suffered and how she hopes to empower others to do the same. So Paris, first, thanks for joining us. And uh, I got to see This is Paris and it was absolutely riveting. And I think the words that came to mind were jaw dropping. Um, there was just so many feels I had watching it and I came away with so much empathy for you. Um, I'm wondering why do such a revealing and personal documentary and why now? I just felt like it was the perfect time in my life. I've been through so much and I feel that there's a lot of misconceptions about me. People really have never known who I truly am because I've never shown it before. And I just was really ready to tell my story, especially during shooting that film, figured out so much about myself and got to know myself. And I was just ready to just share my story and hopefully it will help other people. I was asking like, if as a follow-up, like, what are you hoping that people come away who get to watch This Is Paris? I hope that they can really just get to know who I am and see that I'm a, a human. <laughs> just what I've been through and why I am the way that I am. And also anyone who has went through what I went through with abuse and going to these type of schools, I wanted them to know that they're not alone. And I wanted to make a difference because I want to shut these places down. I feel that no child should ever have to go through what I went through. And I feel by me sharing my story that that is going to not only help other kids, but also parents who are watching it. And I actually just got a call yesterday from one of the people who was involved in Breaking Code Silence, which is the movement we're doing, that the parents have this 15-year-old, their 15-year-old daughter at Provo Canyon School right now. And because of what they watched, they've pulled her from the school and have just found out so much stuff from her that the school was keeping so I'm really hoping by doing this, it's going to help save more children from having to deal with this abuse. Yeah, I think it's just shocking to even hear the abuse and to know that it's the schools are still open. I, I was surprised to hear that. Obviously, that's a driving part of This Is Paris is how you, you openly and publicly are confronting the abuse you suffered in your teens and the, the subsequent trauma from it. Um, but at, at one point in the movie, you mentioned kind of being worried about opening up about the abuse because how it might affect your brand or your image. Why is that? And where does that fear come from? I feel that my family especially is, you know, always taught me just to portray the perfect life. And especially with my brand and what I built, it was all about happiness and sunshine. And just, I don't know, I just felt that I didn't want to talk about that. And also I felt ashamed because I didn't realize it wasn't my fault. It just was something I felt was not part of the brand or my story. And it was something I thought that I would never discuss with anyone. And I was something that I just kind of buried in my emotions and just tried to forget about. So I really never thought I would discuss it until working with Alex, the director, and 
her making me open up about it and feeling comfortable enough to actually speak about it. And it was a very therapeutic experience. Well, and I want to get back to your family in, in a second here. And um, you, you mentioned like the name of like the, your fans are the Little Hiltons. Uh, obviously, I'm from South Carolina, and I think you kind of missed an opportunity by not calling them the Hilton Heads. Mm-hmm. Um but that won't hold that against you or the bad joke it has made. But I'm wondering, in all seriousness, though, what advice would you give your fans and the people who look up to you about dealing with abuse and, and overcoming it? I think it's important to know that you can tell your story and to not let people do that. Because I feel, especially when you're young and you're growing up and you don't really realize who you are yet, it's easy to get manipulated by people and to also feel ashamed to discuss things like that and want to open up. I just think it's important that if you're going through something and it's difficult and it's hard and it's abusive, it's important to open up to someone who can help you and not stay in a situation like that because you want love because that's not love. If someone is abusing you, whether it be emotionally, verbally, physically, nobody should ever be treated like that. And I feel when you are growing up, you don't realize that and you just want someone and you want their approval and you want them to love you. So some people are willing to take that type of abuse and it just, it should not happen in any way, shape or form. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Now, now we see obviously your mom and your family throughout the doc, uh, but one person in particular, your sister Nikki, comes up quite a bit, and she seems to really be like she seems to really ground you. How do you maintain such a close and rich relationship with Nikki throughout all these years? Nikki is my best friend, and I love and I look up to her so much. And I've always felt like she was the big sister, even though I'm her big sister. She was always the one who was more mature, more strict, and just was always that person who would just tell me the truth. Throughout my life, I've just had so many yes people around and people who would never really tell me what I need to hear. And Nikki is always the one that's been there. She's been protective of me during relationships, friendships, and I just feel so blessed to have her. I think it's amazing just to have a sister because it's like a built-in best friend for life. And she's the only person that I really could trust and tell anything to. And she's always just given me the best advice. And I just look up to her so much and respect her. And I love her to death. And you can really see that in a doc. In fact, some of the, I think my favorite scenes are the two of you together or her talking about you and then you doing exactly what she just described right after. It's pretty funny to watch because I, you know, just watching the film, I've always watched myself on the simple life or other shows where I was playing a character. So to actually see myself being myself with my sister and it's just so real and, um, very interesting and very entertaining to watch. Yeah, and it's a different kind of entertaining than maybe we, as a lot of us who watch The Simple Life, just came to came to know you as. Um, and I think that's also what makes it very compelling. Definitely. Well, and I, I wondered, going back to, you mentioned um, Alex earlier, Alexander Dean's the director, and um, Arlene Nilsson was the director of photography. And you opened up your life to them. And I'm wondering, you've definitely had, we see so many times you're getting photographed and, and filmed, but at points you're reminding yourself to be yourself on camera for 
Alex and Arlene. And instead of being their kind of um, on-air personality, I'm wondering, what was it like having the two of them around all the time? I'm so happy that I had both of them. I think Alexandra is such an incredible director. She's so talented. She's so just real and genuine and such an amazing human. And I just really bonded her with her like a sister. And Arlene is incredibly talented. Just the way that she shot me, just everything. I just, I loved their energy. And especially I loved having women on set with me just because we had such a close relationship. And especially, you know, discussing topics that I talked about were very hard, but to do it in front of both of them, I felt so open and comfortable that it was the perfect environment for me to do that. And I don't know if I would have opened up as much if it would have been maybe a male director instead of a female, because I felt like I could really just be myself. I could definitely understand that too. And I'm wondering too, like going into it, did they know a little bit about some of the abuse you had as a teenager, or is that something they discovered as they were filming? No, nobody knew this. I'd never have discussed it with anyone, not my family, not my friends, not boyfriends, nobody. Um, so even when we started this film, it was only just supposed to be about my life and as a businesswoman and you know, from a little girl till now. And then when we were in Korea, when I was on my press tour for my skincare line, I was having very severe nightmares, which I always was having. But at that point, I was just so exhausted and became very emotional. And that's when Alex really started asking me questions. And that's when I revealed to her what I went through. And that's something that really stuck with her and something that she felt was a really important part of the story, which I didn't feel comfortable with. I really just did not want this as part of my story. But after talking to her about it, I realized that if I do talk about it and I am open about it, that my nightmares could go away and I could help other people from having to go through the same thing. So I feel like everything in life happens for a reason. So I'm actually really happy that I went on that trip and that I was really stressed out and that I had those nightmares and that Alex had me open up about it because otherwise I don't think I ever would have discussed it ever. Yeah. And there's got to be a power about not only um, coming to terms with it, but also being a role model because you are a role model already for so many people, but now you, you're becoming another kind of role model, uh, almost even a more human one. I think there's so much power in that. Yeah, I'm very proud of just the woman I've become, everything that I've went through and how strong it's made me. And now I could use my life experiences and what I went through to actually make a difference. And I love being a role model, but I felt that even with that, the role model they were looking up to wasn't even me. It was this character I was playing. And now that I'm moving on to the next phase of my life, I don't want my legacy to be known as, you know, the simple life, kind of that blonde, like airhead. I would rather be respected and looked up to for what I've been through, how strong I am, the businesswoman I am, and be an inspiration to others that no matter what you've been through in life, you know, no matter what is happening, that if you really have that drive, that anything is possible and your dreams can come true.
Okay, so you have 19 product lines, which I think is one more than me. I only have 18, joking. <laughs> um, your fragrances have made over $3 billion in sales. You travel 250 days a year. Uh, but in the film, you actually say, I will not stop until I make a billion dollars. I just don't want to worry. Um, do you worry that pushing yourself so hard to get there might hurt you? Well, now looking back on it and watching the film, I realized just how much of my life that I was giving up just to live that and having that goal. And I wasn't happy. I wasn't in a relationship. I didn't feel the way I feel now. So I felt like I was just focusing on, you know, the monetary of it. But now that I'm in such an incredible place, I'm in the best relationship of my life. I'm so happy. So now my focus is more on just moving on to the next phase of my life and starting a family and really focusing on what matters in life because, yeah, it would be great to make a billion dollars, but that's not really all that matters in life. There's much more important things that I want to focus on. So, of course, I'm going to continue doing my business, but I don't want to give my life up and be traveling 250 days a year and not paying attention to my personal life at all. Um, so now I think it's time for me to really focus on me and not worrying about other things like that. Uh, you're talking about you know starting a family and um, you're not getting out of business, but you want to put, prioritize your life a bit. And my question was, I'm wondering, did the pandemic and being stuck at home, did that help with that transition at all? Definitely. During the pandemic, it's been actually the first time in my life where I've been forced to stay at home and to not travel. And I think definitely during you know the past two decades of traveling 250 days a year, it's hard to ever really think about your life because you're just continuously going and going. Or I almost just felt like this robot, like traveling around in different time zones every day, working from you know the moment I woke up till very late at night. And that's just been my lifestyle for so long that it was hard to ever really think about everything else in life. And my boyfriend and I have been together since Thanksgiving, which was before the pandemic. I just was so happy just to meet someone so incredible. And then also just now to be going through this pandemic together and how close we've become. And it's just been an amazing time to really reflect on what's important to me and what I want my future to be like. You know, obviously this has been a very scary and difficult time for everyone around the world, but I try to look at the silver lining in it. And I think definitely the silver lining is spending time with people I really love and care about and really focusing on my life and not traveling and not just giving my life away all the time. I'm really just focusing on, like I said before, like what makes me happiest and what I'm passionate about and what I love. Just even you talking about it, you can just hear the difference in tone in your voice, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, just even watching the movie, I, I've watched it several times now and just seeing what a difference. I just feel like I was so lonely and so unhappy and just, I, I don't know, I was very lost. And now I feel like I've found myself and it's a really incredible feeling just to compare to how I felt and how I looked before. It's just like a completely different person. So I just feel so lucky and so happy. That's, that's amazing to hear. I'm smiling just listening to that. Um, <laughs> okay. So let's get real for a second. One thing we see in the doc is that you are late a lot and I can relate to this somewhat. Uh, have you ever thought about why that is? Because my schedule is so insane. 
I feel that it's just jam-packed every single day. I'm usually always traveling in a different country. I'm jet-lagged. There's a million things happening in my job, in my career. I do so many things. It's not like I just have one thing I'm doing. It's like 20 things. And every single day I am a workaholic, so I'm nonstop. So I think it's definitely affects my schedule and being late. But now I've really been working on that to be on time. (laughs) Well, it definitely doesn't seem to be coming from laziness. So earlier this summer, the docuseries The Last Dance came out. It was about Michael Jordan, and it was kind of all over social media. And in it, we see the burden of fame and brand on him. And in This Is Paris, we see you dealing with some of the same issues. With all the traveling, pre-pandemic, even during the filming, what kept you sane amongst all the noise? Um, well, obviously, it's it's a lot, especially traveling and having thousands of people just trying to grab at you and just paparazzi and all of that. But it's something that I've become a used to just from being in this industry for so long. And the thing that just keeps me happy is my little Hiltons. We have such a close relationship where I feel like they're my little brothers and sisters. I love with social media that I could be in contact with all of them all over the world and get to see them. And especially just been traveling alone for so many years, having them around would just make the loneliness go away somewhat. And I just feel so lucky of the relationship I have with them because it's just, it's genuine, it's real, and it's unconditional love. I just love them so much. And I'm so grateful to have such incredible and loyal fans. Where where did the name Little Hilton's come from? I'm just curious. The Little Hilton's was invented by Kayla Hunt. She, (laughs) one of my fans from South Africa, and we've been friends since she was like, 13 or 14. She's the one who just came up with the word Little Hilton's and they all started using it. And I ended up like loving the name thinking it was so cute. And now it's just stuck. Okay. So the name of this podcast is called I'm So Obsessed. And Paris, I'm wondering, what are you currently obsessed with? I'm obsessed with my boyfriend. He's just the perfect person for me. I just feel like he's my soulmate, my perfect match. He makes me a better person, inspires me. He's just an incredibly brilliant businessman. I look up to him so much. I trust him so much. I feel like I'm at home finally, and he is my home. And it's just, I've never felt like this before. I feel before I was with him, I always wanted to portray the perfect life. Like even if I was in a relationship, I wasn't happy. There were so many things happening, but to the media, I would always want to portray. Yes, I'm so happy. This is perfect. I'm in love, but I never really felt that way. It was just more, I was just saying it just for the look of it and wanting just to portray that everything in my life was perfect. Um, but now I can finally say that I actually do mean what I'm saying. And I just, I never thought that I could feel like this. Like it's like magic. I love him so much. I'm so grateful. I can't imagine life without him. And especially during the pandemic, we have become so close that it's like spending like five years in a relationship, the amount of time that we've got to spend together because of this, especially during this time, it's either like make it or break it for a relationship. Like I've seen some of my friends get so close to their partner or I've seen people get divorced. I've seen people break up. 
So I think this has definitely shown people like if you could make it through this, you could make it through anything. Well, that and going to like Ikea, I think are the two metrics, but I agree. I've seen so many people like get together and have like a, such a stronger relationship because of the pandemic. So like the simple life ended 13 years ago. And I'm wondering when you look back at it now, what does it mean to you? I love that show. It's actually something that we've been watching together. My boyfriend and I, like we've watched almost every episode this whole time. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's so much fun to watch and relive and I'm so happy that I chose to do that show because in the beginning when they asked me, they wanted my sister and I, and Nikki said, no, there's no way I'm doing a reality show. And then when Nicole and I did it, we just had such an incredible time together. And I really just, I'm so grateful for doing that show because that's what built my entire brand. I realized from doing that show and what a huge success it was that I could launch product lines from it and build my brand and become the businesswoman and empire that I've built today. So I owe that show everything. And I love how timeless it is, iconic, and just so entertaining. And it's just so hilarious to watch. And I love that just seeing all my fans and all the accounts and people making memes about it and TikToks and just all these different videos of I don't know, just like people just make things that are just so funny from it. And I know it brings so much joy and happiness to people. So it just makes me happy because I feel like I was put here for a reason. And that was to spread love and beauty and light and happiness. And I feel like that show really does that. Well, and I want to pivot back just to the, to the film for a second. Um, and in it, your mom asks you at one point where your Paris voice comes from, which we, a lot of us know from The Simple Life. I'm curious, where did it come from and, or did you model it after someone? It came when I was at Provo when I was just thinking about my life when I got out of there and I just wanted to become something else. And I think I was really inspired by Marilyn Monroe. Um, I know that she also had two voices and when she was on camera, she would do the kind of higher pitch, like sexy baby voice. And then I heard when she wasn't on camera, she would speak in her normal tone of voice. So I think I was inspired by her and just kind of that blonde kind of bombshell voice. <laughs> Another thing I saw in um, the film, you were DJing at the Tomorrowland Festival, and it's just hundreds of thousands of people. And... I'm wondering, maybe not that specific one, because we see some other things happening backstage, but I'm wondering when you are DJing in front of a crowd that big, what is going through your mind? Well, when I'm walking on stage, I'm so nervous and shy because I'm actually a very naturally shy person. But as soon as I get up there and I start my first song and everybody's screaming and dancing and just like losing it, it just puts me in the best mood where I feel like I am a rock star, like I'm controlling the whole room. And it's just, it's like a feeling you can't really describe just being up there and just making so many people so happy and feeling so much love and that energy. And it's just, it's literally something you cannot make up. You can't invent, you can't buy it. It's, it's just there. And it's actually something I've been missing so much. I was supposed to perform at Tomorrowland again this summer, but obviously because of the pandemic, everything's been rescheduled. So my entire summer tour has all been moved to 2021 and I just really miss it. Like I've been doing all these virtual DJ shows for charities and, um, you know, obviously DJing in my living room 
with no one there is a lot different than having hundreds of thousands <laughs> of people in the room. So I definitely miss that interaction just with the crowd and the people. And, you know, for now, I guess everyone's going to have to do it at home DJ sets, but there's nothing compared to the real thing. Right, I want to ask you one more question, then we're going to do a thing called pick one. So privacy is such a big thing for all of us nowadays, especially uh, we have access to so many different devices with cameras and microphones. And we see in the film, there's actually, I think it's just such a wonderful scene. You're packing up a pile of computers, which you say that you bought a new one anytime you got a new relationship. I'm curious, where did that idea come from to do that? And in what other ways do you shield your privacy? Well, that idea came from when I was in a very abusive relationship and, you know, just fighting over my computer and then him going into the computer and then me getting in a fight because of pictures of old relationships. Um, so then I learned from that point on that I could never have the same computer because it was just going to cause drama. But yeah, all the computers in there were not just that. That was just because I had a lot of computers. I had a lot of oh. <laughs> yeah but yeah I just think it was that I was just I was just scared and nervous because of going through a traumatic experience I think that really affected me for the future of my relationships where I would assume that everybody was going to be that way what are other ways that you are actively uh, protecting your privacy or that you would recommend others protect their privacy I think it's really important especially for you know the new generation coming onto social media. When you're a kid, you, you have no idea. So you're just going to post whatever you want. So I think it's so important for people to understand that whatever you post is going to live with you for the rest of your life. So you want to be cautious of what you post, what you say, and just know that you know 20 years from now, it's going to come out. So I think just people to be cautious of what they're posting and with privacy. And especially with me, you know, having to deal with the bling ring breaking into my house seven times. And that was all because of social media, because they knew exactly where I was, that I was out of town and that they could come into my house because I wasn't there. So definitely being more cautious about posting when I'm at a certain place. I usually wait until I've left. And especially as well, going on trips to certain places, I've learned to only post the photos after I've left the place because if I post while I'm there, then paparazzi fly in and then they're hiding, you know, in bushes or wherever in the ocean, like on a boat. Um, so I've really learned in that way just to just be careful with what I post. And I, my advice to other people is to do the same thing. That's good advice. And that's just... I don't know, hearing you talk about it, so not casually, but just as it's a it's part of your life. It's obviously something a lot of us just cannot relate to having to just always be looking for someone to catch us or photograph us. That's, yeah, wow, just speechless. Definitely, like, even if you're not in the public eye, just it's important because you don't know, maybe one day you will be or one day <laughs> you're going to have a job where they're going to look back into that. So I think just anyone, whether you're in the public eye or not, it's so important just to really just pay attention to what you're posting out there because obviously it's public. So I want to wrap up here. We do a thing called pick one on the show and I give you a couple options and you pick one. It doesn't mean it's the best one. And we really encourage you to talk it out. It's just a great way to cover like a lot of different topics. So let's play pick one. Okay, Paris. 
Yes. All right, cool. First one, this is the hardest one, I think. Lucky Charms or Captain Crunch? Captain Crunch. <laughs> I do love Lucky Charms, though. I One of my tricks is that I take all the marshmallows out of the Lucky Charms and I put them into Rice Krispies, and it's like the most insane cereal ever. Whoa. It's so good. Insane. I am. I, I'm just thinking what that would be like. It sounds kind of good. Okay, the next one, Star or Paris? Paris. Um, next one, media personality, entrepreneur, author, model, singer, actress, or DJ. And I'm sure I've forgotten a couple. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of, uh, a lot of different ones. Um, hmm. I love everything I do, but the thing I love most is being an entrepreneur. How come? What, what is it about being an entrepreneur that, that satisfies you so much? I just, I love being a businesswoman. I love just being an investor and investing into other people and businesses that I believe in and I think deserve a chance. And just, I love making beautiful products at amazing price points for people so they could enjoy it. Like my brand is really about affordable luxury where I get to enjoy, you know, all these beautiful things and, you know, runway styles. And I want everyone to be able to experience that. Um, so I love to make things that are at that perfect price point so that everybody can enjoy my lifestyle. All right. Next one, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube? YouTube. I think it's just such an incredible platform and it's amazing with technology and everything that's happening that YouTube is basically its own network now. It's pretty, pretty incredible. Yeah. And, and um, I'm sure you know that your doc's coming out on YouTube, which I also think is kind of a, a neat move on your or whoever's distributing this doc. Yes. Okay. Here's another really tough one. A sweatsuit and socks or a gown in heels? Sweatsuit and socks for sure. <laughs> <laughs> only Juicy Couture Velour tracksuits. <laughs> How come? Because I only wear them. I'm, it's my uniform. I am addicted. I'm obsessed. I love Juicy, and yeah, that's just all I wear. I don't like other sweatpants. I'm just not into them. I don't. I just think they're not cute, and they're not as comfortable, and I just love the cut of these and just how they feel, how they look, and you can wear them with anything. Even if you put, like, high heels on and a cute top, like, they still are really cute pants, and not a lot of sweatpants can do that. <laughs> I, I think I would agree with that. And this is not our first sweatpants tracksuit conversation on our show. We had a similar conversation with some of the guys from The Sopranos, but very different uh, in another way. Okay. Um, so my favorite one here, uh, Eris, Can Can, Just Me, Passport Paris, Tease, Siren, or Dazzle. And again, I'm sure I'm leaving you plenty that I didn't mention. Oh, yeah. I have 27 perfumes. So we're leaving a lot of them out. <laughs> They're all my children, so it's very hard to pick a favorite, but you're making me choose one. So I'm going to pick Eris because that was my first baby, and it's still one of the number one sellers on my fragrances. So I'm very proud of it. And yeah, I think just having my firstborn fragrance is my favorite. <laughs> all right. My last pick one is House of Wax or Bottoms Up? House of Wax. I just love that movie. I love scary horror films. And I love Joel Silver and the cast was so much fun. Alicia Cuthbert and I became so close and just shooting on Australia and then watching it and just how scary it was and everyone in the theater like screaming and going crazy. It was just like, it was very just cool just to go to all the premieres around the world and just to see the reactions 
of everyone in the audience literally screaming and covering their eyes and like just getting so like hyped about it was amazing. I want to thank Paris for chatting with me and I want to thank you for listening. This is Paris is now available on YouTube. If you enjoyed this interview, take a moment and subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app. And if you really like this episode, rate it. Until next week, take care.